All right, here we go. It's your favorite time of the week when you listen to the Educated Hustle podcast. This is your host, Paul Latimer Jr., my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? Man, good times all around. We are finally here. We are finally here in the point that I never knew I wanted so much, but, you know, we actually did get it. We got a doctor today, y'all. We got a doctor. Oh, I'm, I, I haven't been calling my mama, like, nonstop. Basically been calling nonstop. Just let her know we got a doctor on the show. <laughs> so, I mean, before everything, just let people know from the, from the jump, we got a doctor on the show. We do have a doctor, Dr. Tiffany Stewart. She's going to show us how we can become successful. Uh, she's a full-time success coach. You know, she got her doctorate degree in uh, counseling and making sure that people who, you know, are going through something, that she's able to make sure that she can diagnose and understand, you know, how they can improve their self and improve their mental health. So you get a little bit to know, you know, about her. And, and the interview, she she describes a lot about her life and what made her take this path. And I think it's going to be a, a really, really good interview for you guys. I mean, you know, we got a doctor, y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> put the shades on. on and everything. The doctor. No, I'm... you know, I never, I, I, I never envisioned that we get a doctor. Then we got one. So now it's like we got a doctor. So I, I mean, I'm on call out now. I'm smiling. We got a doctor. Like, yo, we got a doctor on the show. So yeah, <laughs> I think, um, you know, one of the key points she hits in the interview is, uh. People, people that she works with oftentimes come to her because they're unhappy. And one of the questions or one of the mental roadblocks that she discovers is they stop having dreams. And I think, you know, for me at my, my age, I'm 25, I dream a lot. You know, I think about different things that, you know, I, I want to do in life. And I can hardly imagine being at that point where those dreams stop happening. So it's crazy to, to realize that there are some people out there who stop dreaming or give up on their dreams because there's a, a mental hurdle in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of that definitely comes from the aspect of um, we kind of let society dictate how we should feel about ourselves. So, you know, an example of that is if you graduate from college with your degree and you come out the floodgates and you can't find a job and it's been, you know, months, weeks, in some cases, you know, a year, you you realize that, okay, maybe what I wanted to do isn't practical and you lose that hope and that's how you lose your dream because, you know, there's nothing, <laughs> society tells you there's nothing sexy about an unemployed person. I mean, it's just how it is. Like, if it, you know, we're we're trained to think that if you don't have any means of income, you're not uh you're not up to par, and so it's easy to lose sight of those dreams when you don't have that steady income. And then there's other people who they have a life event and they let that define them. You know, there's people who had a child at a maybe not desirable age, and they become, well, I had a child now, I can't do that because I have to be able to be there for my child. When really, you can be there for your child and still take risks and still dream big. I mean, uh, Gary Vee, big popular guy, there was a guy, he had a little moment 
where he, someone was talking to him. And he was saying, well, I have a family. I, I can't possibly go out there and, 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 you know, take these risks. And he looked him in eyes like, I understand that, but that's still an excuse. Like, you, you can't hide behind you having a family. If you want to make something happen, do your research and make it happen. He's not saying, no, you know, drop everything you're doing may happen. But he's saying take the calculator risk, save up some money, and then go for it. And I think that's the biggest thing with dreamers is dreamers never let anything say never let anything kind of get to them and say we can't do it no more while people who don't have dreams you know they they got beat down by society and they need to find someone that has that belief in them and makes them you know think otherwise but that's the big thing for me that's why i think the whole losing dreams aspect kind of shows up i agree with that and um you know it doesn't even have to be dreams of having your own business you know the the sexy mm-hmm. dreams that everybody talks about living your own life creating your own uh, financial independence. You know, it could be anything like you know a, a place you want to travel, um, mm-hmm. a, a job you want to have, you know, a personal blog you want to start just for yourself. Just little things that um, take you outside of your comfort zone and make you know make it a part of your everyday life to make sure that you learn something that you never learned before. So, I think you know the the dreamers, the people that want to make something big happen, have something that guides them. Other than just their normal routine, it's like, you know, you ever had something that you you wanted to come home to and be like, yo, this is this is what I'm doing, and it gets you excited, right? Like, you love mm-hmm. that feeling, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's 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 you know, I, I I gotta take it back to one of our previous episodes with uh Damien. It's having that purpose, and you know, one of Tiffany's many talents is helping people find their purpose. Which, if you know what I did there, I kind of used Damien's episode title and brought it back <laughs> for this episode. So, but I mean, that's my close to saying like the, the dreamers have a purpose, and they see that purpose so clearly that they know how they want to get there. While you know the lack, the lack of dreamers, the people who don't necessarily have that, they don't know their purpose. They 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 do what's told of them, and they say, "Well, everyone says I'm doing good, so this should be good enough." When that it's not the case, you know, you can't let people define your life. At the end of the day, only you can define it. And that's it. Simple, real simple, but it gets lost and 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 murkled by you know just society and life around us. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, you know, lastly, if there's someone out there that's a dreamer, you know, hit us up, man. Educated hustle podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Tell us what your dream is so that you can, uh, make sure that you're aspiring for it every day. We'll send you some love. Um, maybe some inspirational, something that can get you going for the rest of your day. So we definitely want to hear what your dreams are out there, bro. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, I think it's enough of us talking about dreams and all of that. I think it's time for the main event. We got a doctor. We got a doctor in the house. So why why are we waiting? Without further ado, let's get to this interview with the lovely Dr. Tiffany Stewart. All right, all right. And today we have... Dr. Tiffany Stewart, who is a success coach. Tiffany, how are you doing today? I am well. How are you all? Doing well, doing well. Let's jump right in it. And um, can you explain to the listeners what exactly is a success coach and how did you get started with Absolutely. So a success coach to me, well, let me just back up a minute. I am by trade a licensed therapist and also a professor. I 
have now shifted to being a success coach because I feel like I have a little more flexibility in this role as a success coach as opposed to being a therapist or a professor because I can reach more people and work with people a little more freely than I would be able to under the restraints of my other roles as a, a therapist and a professor. So basically a success coach, I help to support people to reach success in their lives. Whatever that looks like for them, I help to support them, to bring them to the point that they need to. So a lot of times people get stuck and they know that there's something more in life for them, but they just don't necessarily know how to get there. So I'm that person who helps to take you from where you are right now to where you want to be in the long run. So that's basically what I do as a success coach. Guiding the guiding the people that need it the most. I like that. And I, I mean, I don't know. I can tell by your voice, you seem like you're a very soothing person. That's what so I, was I can definitely, <laughs> right? I can definitely <laughs> I understand. Like, like, man, I feel relaxed already. Right? Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely, I soothe people, but then I sneak right on in there because I'm about work too. So we get right on in there. We get busy. We get to work. But I also, I use the calming nature of my voice to kind of sneak that in so you don't really know you're doing a, lot, a whole lot of work when we're working together. <laughs> okay, okay. Make them look at the right hand, but you're really using the left. Okay, Absolutely. okay. Yes. So I actually want to get back into what you were saying, you know, your other positions that you had, you kind of felt that they limit you. And I know on your bio, one of the things that you um, have on it that really stuck out to me was you when you got into the world of academia, you realized that it was pretty much a, an environment of constant criticizing and belittling of talents. I would just like to know, like, could you describe your experience and what it felt like just realizing that? Yes, absolutely. I have so many experiences and stories that I can share with you. But I'll just tell you from the very beginning, it was something that I noticed immediately when I became a professor. So I became a professor in my early 30s and I was already a therapist. So I brought to the table already some life experiences and, you know, just just a wealth of knowledge with me. But if you know anything about academia, academia is synonymous with elitism. And being that I was a minority and also a young minority, that those two things are not synonymous with elitism. So from the very beginning, just running out of the gate, I was always constantly made aware of I was younger, I was a minority, which equaled, I didn't really know as much as everyone else there. And in academia, you are evaluated on every level. So we get evaluated by our students with teacher evaluations. We get evaluated on our writing because we have to write and publish in peer-reviewed journals. So we, we get evaluated on that. We have to present at conferences and show service. So we get evaluated on that. And it's a constant, constant evaluation. But the evaluation is not the thing that really is a problem for me. I don't mind being evaluated. But the way that we are evaluated in academia is from a deficit perspective. 
So in other words, the evaluation doesn't come from a place to really make you better. It comes from a place of people evaluating you, telling you how good you are not. So everything mm. that you're doing, it's like, yeah, but no, that's not, yeah, no. And so it was constant, constant. And one experience that sticks out for me in my, in my head is I was working with a mentor and this particular mentor that I was working with, I started working with very early in my career because I was I was clueless and I was rather young, uh, just starting out. And so I didn't really know what to do or how to navigate the waters of academia. And during my time working with this mentor, they really, really helped me. They really, really did. And I have to give them credit where credit is due. But as time went on, I started getting more comfortable and confident in myself and in my abilities. And I started throwing out my own ideas. And every time I would throw out an idea to this person, it was like, uh, yeah, but no. And it, it was something that I was already familiar with, but I didn't really expect it from my mentor. And I just, I started questioning everything. I started questioning myself. I started questioning my abilities. And if this was something that I was even capable of doing. And as time went on, maybe about a year or so, this person, this mentor that I was working with started giving me some of their ideas, but their ideas were my ideas that they had already told me <laughs> were not good enough. And so this kind of changed the game for me because I was like, hmm, well, a few months ago you told me that that wasn't good. But this is going on in my head, right? And and that really was a defining moment for me because it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't talented enough, that I couldn't do the job. It's just really the environment that academia really, really creates. And so what that did for me it had me to stop looking for other people to give me validation and stop waiting on them to give me permission to use my talents, to actually think, to use my creativity in a way that I know that I can use it. And so that's really, because I, I always try to look at the, the bright side of things. And so that's what it did for me. But that's where that came from, because that's just the nature of academia. But it was a good thing. Yeah, it seems like, you know, you had to go through, you know, something that you didn't like in order to realize exactly where you needed to be. So kind of take us through that, that transitional period, you know, when you were kind of feeling stuck in academia and you were like, hmm, let me try this success coach thing out. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that was interesting because it was a process for me to go through that. It was a painful process for me to go through that because 
I was in academia and I was in a tenure track position. So I'm in academia and I'm not sure if everybody is familiar with tenure and what that actually means, but when you receive tenure or when you are awarded tenure by your university, it basically means that you have a job for life at your university. And so I, and it's a very difficult process to go through, but I went through the process and I was awarded tenure and, but I was miserable. I, I was miserable and I didn't really understand because on the outside looking in, it looked like I had a great job. It looked like, why would you be complaining about something that was given to you, but it wasn't something that was feeding me. My soul was not being fed. And so it took me a couple of years. I went on this journey to really find out what was my purpose at that point. So it really came from a source of pain. And I just started really trying to figure out what was I really here for? Because up until that point, I, I just was following like a pecking order, you know, because we are told we need to go to school, get a good job with 401k plan, retire, and then you start living your life. And I was on that path, but I was miserable while I was doing it. And so when I started really asking my question, what is it that really feeds me and my soul? That's how I actually got on this track to success coach, because what I know really makes me happy is seeing everyone obtain whatever they call success in their life and living their life as freely as they want to. So that's how I actually came about getting on this track, but from a source of pain. You know, that's a, a, a lot of people really don't have that, that strength to realize that the path they're on is in what's form. And, you know, I, I, I commend you because it's always great to hear someone say, hey, I want to defy what's expected of me and, and go and reach for more and do more. So, I mean, yeah, that courageous. Right. Absolutely. I just, I don't have that personality, you know, that it's okay for me to just be miserable and just go home and then go to work and then go home and go to work. I, I don't have that personality and I just, I, I can't be miserable. And so once I got on the other side of that and now I'm like so super happy and excited about what it is that I'm doing and I want this for everybody <laughs> Yeah, now. you got to ring the bell for that one. But I mean, I guess... Uh, uh, my question is kind of like the, the conclusion, well, not the conclusion, but just the validation. At what point did you realize, you know, when you made a transition to success coach, what was that moment that you realized that this is what I should be doing? When I started smiling again, you know, when, when my soul started smiling again and I started being happy to, to work with people and to see people, you know, because I was walking around angry all the time. I was just, I was mad. All the time. For no reason. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I was mad. I was angry all the time. But for no reason. I didn't know why. 
I didn't know why I, I was angry. And so when, when I started smiling again and I got my zest back for life and, and for people, um, that's how I knew I was on the right track. I would hate it being uh, in your class <laughs> on one of those mad days. No, everybody got an no, F or something. I feel, like, I feel like you're the type of professor where like a student would have like a drink and you just walk on big. Is that your drink? And they'd be like, yeah, and you just knock it over. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that's worse than the F because that's just like I don't even know what to do. That's the teacher. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that a lot, though. I do get that. They're like, is that a teacher? But yeah, not not quite to that extent, but almost. That's almost how I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you got to, you know, find what makes you happy. And, and I'm glad that it's uh, it's continuing to work out for you. Um, and dealing with some of your clients, um, I wanted to ask, you know, what are the common mental roadblocks that people create to stop themselves from succeeding in what they do? Well, I, I have a few of them, actually, that come up over and over for me that I see in clients, rather, that come up. Um, first of all, I see that people stop dreaming. They, they stop dreaming. They don't allow themselves to dream anymore, you know, particularly when we get into adulthood and life kind of happens and the bills happen. And so you just, you have to go to work and you need to make sure that you pay your bills. People stop dreaming and they just feel like this is, this is it. And they don't see anything on the other side of that. And so what I do is to, when I work with my clients, I have them to visualize what a life would look, smell, feel, taste like, right? Like actually dream what it is that you would want your life to look like because that is a roadblock that people really hit, a mental roadblock. They just stop allowing themselves to dream. And I have a tool actually on my website, my LEAP workbook that helps people to get a jumpstart in this area. And it just helps them to create that visualization. So that's the first thing that I would say, people stop dreaming. The second thing that I say is people get comfortable in their day-to-day -day lives, you know? And so what I have people to, say, to do is to get out of their comfort zone. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you're not doing something that makes you uncomfortable on a regular basis, you are doing something wrong. You should not always be in your comfort zone. When you don't get uncomfortable, you don't grow. And when you don't grow, you don't learn. So that's the second thing. Uh, and then the final thing, like I mentioned before, waiting on other people to give you permission. People are waiting, you know, it's kind of like you're in a crowd and you're raising your hand and you want somebody to be like, pick me, pick me, see me, see me, you know, like to choose you, to give you the permission to call you out, to say that you're good enough. Oh, you know, if somebody can just give me a chance, I promise I can do it. I can do it. Stop it. Stop it already. <laughs> Stop waiting on other people to give you permission to do who to do what you were born to do and to be who you were born to be. No one has the right to do that. 
No one has the right to give you that. You already have this power within yourself. So those are the three things that I say I find most commonly with people, those mental wow, roadblocks. And you know, um, this is going to be hit or miss, but I feel like listening to that, like the, the, the statement in my head when you were speaking is like, you know, life is like a game of tag, except you're always it. That's kind of what I get like hearing you. I don't know where that came from, but I just, that's my little two cents. <laughs> Hey, that 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 one, that one lost me, bro. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I felt I felt motivated by Tiffany to say well, it. So, here's what I say about that: It's your show at all times. It's your show, and you don't have to wait for anybody to tell you that it's your turn. You don't have to wait to get tagged in. It's your show. See that every see day. Oh, back day. me up. That's where. Yeah, thank you. I got. I got you. Right Thank now. you for picking up my co-host confidence. That was a good one, all right. The doctor got it, all right. Maybe that's maybe that's doctor level type stuff. Let me go back to school. <laughs> I wanted to definitely ask. Um, I mean, you're an inspirational person. You're not only a doctor. You're a coach. You're a mother. You're a professor. You're a counselor. You're a businesswoman. I mean, you're so many things amongst even a fleet of things that I have a name. How are you able to juggle all those responsibilities? And still find time to be yourself? Well, the way that I can answer that is um, I am fierce about being an individual first. You know, first and foremost, I, I was Tiffany before any of those labels got attached to me. And I still am. So I am very intentional about being loyal to myself and doing things that make me happy at my core. And some people find that to be selfish, but I don't think that is selfish at all. So I put myself on my schedule, like anybody or anything else. I schedule myself in, time with myself, and I do things regularly for myself that feeds me. And they don't. They, it doesn't have to be big things, um, but it can be some things something really, really small. So for example, I like to work out. So I make sure that I get my workouts in like three or four times a week. I don't like to work out with partners for the most part. Uh, I like that because it's my time. So I schedule my workouts in and it's just me. Sometimes I do bigger things. Like I like girl trips just with my girls you know, not with my daughter. I just, I want to be a girl again. So I just hang out with my girls and we do girl things. Sometimes I just want to be by myself and, and have a spa day. So I make sure that I am always pouring something back into me. And I think that that's something that people miss, particularly women so much, because women are not always encouraged to put yourself first, you know, like we are told either directly or indirectly that we need to be everything to everyone, but it leaves us empty. And that's not something that I buy into at all, because I have to make sure that I'm good enough for everyone else first. And so I gave myself permission a long time ago to make sure that I'm taken care of first, and then that way I can be better for Ooh, everyone. Rain and gems, rain and gems, right Ooh. there. I had to bring, had to pull out the umbrella. 
No, but but that's so important though, and and I like the uh, visualization of actually putting your time to yourself on your schedule because I feel that you know you can get so caught up in 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 the outside um, focuses of life that you physically need to put yourself t- like time for yourself for yourself. So that that's a great visual, visual visualization tool right there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, definitely wanted to talk talk a little bit more about the uh, the leap acronym. Um, you briefly mentioned it. Uh, could you kind of explain to the listeners, you know, what leap means and and how you use it to uh, uh, console your uh, your clientele? Yeah, absolutely. So leap is a formula that I created, and it stands for let go expectations, accept possibilities. And so for me personally, and even when I work with my clients, but personally, I had to let go of a lot of things. I had to let go of what others thought about me, good, bad, or indifferent. I had to let go of the expectations that I placed on myself, let go of the expectations that people placed on me and what I thought my life was supposed to, quote unquote, look like. I had to get rid of all of that and then accept. I needed to accept where I was in the moment where I am in this current moment from day to day and just realize that each moment in time is there to teach us something and everything really happens for the best. So to just be okay with accepting where I am in the very moment and then it allowed me to open myself up to all of the possibilities that were waiting on the other side. Because when you are in this constant resistance, in life, you you are resisting where you are. You are resisting because you you don't want to be here. You want to be there, you know. And everything you're dissatisfied with. Well, what I realize is that you are creating a resistance against the universe, and the universe actually works against you when you are resisting where you are. And so I learned to really just be at ease with where I am and let go of all of that other stuff in my head of what I thought it was supposed to be like. And I can't even tell you how my life opened up after I did that. I I really got my zest back. And this is what I work with my clients with to teach them how to do the exact same thing and watch the transformation in their lives. Wow. That's very informative. Like there's so much in that, that, Wow, like rain and gems, like I said earlier, <laughs> rain and gems. Um, I mean, I, I definitely want to kind of you know continue that conversation. Um, you you have a blog, and one of your blog posts is actually about toxic relationships. I kind of want to ask, in your eyes, why do you feel people feel the need to stay in a toxic relationship, and how do people break free? Well, how do you help people break free? Yeah, so it's interesting toxic relationships for me because when when you say toxic. Um, you you really think of something as turbulent, maybe something abusive, and so you some people it's they don't even know that they are in a toxic relationship because it doesn't always have to be turbulent. It doesn't have to be something that is abusive. It really is just something that doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't feed you. It really doesn't aid you in any way 
at all. And, you know, I myself have been in a couple of toxic relationships, friendships, you know, and it, it was kind of like I, I've been in these friendships and it's like, you know, with, with girlfriends and it's it will we'll be out shopping somewhere and it'd be like, oh, you you really don't have enough of this. So you don't have enough of that. And oh, well, why do you why do you talk like that? Why do you do this? Oh, you know, it's just always something negative. It's never Oh, you look good. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, how can I do this? Can you help me with that? Or, you know, it's never anything that's complimentary. It's always something that is negative. That's a toxic relationship. It's never anything that makes you really feel good about yourself. And so I really work with people to be able to identify when you are in a toxic relationship. And I have people to really just ask yourself, evaluate these relationships that you were in and ask yourself, does this person make me feel good when I'm with them? You know, do I feel good about myself or do they make me feel like crap when I'm with them? Are they supportive of me? Because here's, here's the one thing for me. If you're not a part of my fan club, I, you, can't be, you, you can't be on my team. That's just what it is. You know, <laughs> that's just what it is. And I'm going to anybody who's in my life, I'm definitely a part of their fan club. And so if somebody is not a part of your fan club, meaning that they're not supportive of you, that can be an indication that they are toxic for you. Um, how do you feel? When, you, when you're with them. And if all of your answers are negative, what I say is make a clean break from the relationship. Make a clean break. It's okay. It's okay. Just cut it off. There is no reason for you to remain in a relationship of any sort with anyone who doesn't make you feel good or inspire you to do better or to be better. Toxic relationships they are never okay, and they should be ended promptly. Make oh, a man. clean break. I wish you could yell that on the top of the hill yeah, or yeah. something, because, I mean, I think everyone <laughs> knows someone in a toxic relationship. So, I mean, just hearing that answer, I was just like, you had to hold him, but I'm just clapping. Just. <laughs> it, it's tough because, um, you know, people from the outside know when other people are in toxic relationships, but sometimes the person that's in the toxic relationship doesn't always know um do you help people like real you know do you, how do you go about helping people like make them realize that they're in something toxic well we go through those questions i i i actually go through these questions with them step by step because usually it shows up you know it'll show up and they'll just start talking about this person in their life and they're not going to talk about this person only one time and here's the reason why people stay in these toxic relationships. It's usually because it's somebody who's very close to you. It's usually somebody who's been in your life for quite some time. And so it's hard for you to differentiate if it's really, if it's not good for you or if that's just how they are. Oh, that's just them. Oh, that's just how they are, you know? And so that's why people stay in these toxic relationships for so long. But And it's okay for you to still love people, but to love them from a distance when they are making you feel kind of icky and like crap on the inside. 
it's hard to it's hard to really differentiate and help people out. So I'm glad that you know you, you're able to do such a thing. Um, and I also wanted to talk about stepping outside of your comfort zone. I, I know that's a difficult thing for a lot of people uh, to do, especially you know when they're so accustomed to a routine. But like you said, people need to keep dreaming. So you know what what's some tips on on how to get people motivated and encouraged to go out and try something brand new? So I, I mentioned before my LEAP workbook, and that's the reason why I created the LEAP workbook, because what it does is it's separated into two parts. And it really helps, like I said once before, to help people to jumpstart how to dream again. And so the first part actually gets to the core. And one of the things that really stumps people when I ask the question, who are you? That stumps people all the time. They're like, what do you mean, who am I? I'm me. No, who are you? What do you like? What don't you like? You know, what are some of the things that if you could do it and you didn't get paid for it, but you can do it from sunup to sundown, what would be that thing for you? So people cannot really answer that. Most people, I'm going to say, typically most people cannot answer those very basic questions on off the top of their heads. And so that's the first part of the LEAP workbook that helps people to really get to who they are at the core, outside of all of those labels, outside of being a mother, outside of being a father, a student, you know, a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a wife, or a husband, or a son, a friend, or whatever. Who are you at your core? And then the next part of it starts to help you to think about what would you like your life to look like? So really, really specifically get down to where would you like to live? You know, I'm talking about the city. Would you like to live in a, a suburb or would you like to live in a condo? Would you like to live, you know, across country? Would you like to live? Where would you like to live? Like all of these things that people just don't even know how to answer. What kind of car would you drive? What would you be doing with your life? All of these things. And so those are the things that this workbook helps people to do to start dreaming again and visualize what they want their life to actually look like and then to start creating a roadmap on how to get there. You, did I answer uh, your question? Fully loaded. Fully yeah, loaded, right? I got it. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's it, okay. it's okay. basically like make sure I wasn't rambling there. <laughs> no, you got me. I I was I was definitely uh intrigued you by came answer, in for so the, you're good, you're the, good. The dollar menu value and you gave them the deluxe with that one. So we appreciate it. Um, okay good job okay so the question I want to ask is you know one part of your story that's I mean very inspirational to me is you had your daughter at a very young age and you had her at an age where you you still you know hadn't gotten your master's degree hadn't become tenured as you were talking about earlier but besides that you were a single parent and you still managed to push through and achieve success so there's a lot of people who have children and, you know, they have to be the single parent and they kind of use that as a reason not to go further, not to not to do more. What advice would you give them in regards to actually saying, hey, no, you can do this. You can go and do more. 
Sure. Well, and first off, I didn't have her very young. I just, you know, I take care of myself and, you well, know. Well, I, 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 I was trying to <laughs> say it uh, before the master's degree. That's why. Uh... <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I'm just kidding with you. Just kidding. <laughs> So, so here's the deal. Uh, I actually had my daughter when I was in my mid-20s. I was married when I had her. And very soon after I had my daughter, well, I was married and my, my daughter was about two months when we left my hometown of New Orleans and we moved to Minnesota so that I could pursue my master's degree. Um, Shortly thereafter, I got divorced. So then I became a single parent. And at that point, when I became a single parent, things got real for me. Things got real, real, real quick. <laughs> um, and from that point on, it wasn't about me any longer. It, it wasn't about me. It was about my daughter and trying to make a life for her or make a better life for her. And so I just became super, super focused on doing that. And nothing else really mattered to me other than making a better life for my daughter and for myself. And so when I went into my PhD program, my daughter was five years old when I went into the PhD program. And it was, it was the same thing. I just always stayed very, very focused. And here's my advice to others in the same situation. Stop telling yourself all of the reasons why you can't do something. It's not an excuse. Just do it. Whether you know how to do it or not, just make the moves to do it. It has been my experience that every single time I have taken a step to achieve something, I had no clue on how it was going to work out. But every single time, God and the universe always, all caps, right? Always <laughs> placed someone or something in my path to show me the way. This happened every single time without an exception. So don't worry about the details. The details work themselves out. You just make the moves. And even right now today, I still don't have a clear picture of the details of my life and how it's going to work out. But somehow they always do. And this is not to say that it's easy, but it's always doable. So that would be my advice. Agreed. Definitely. We always <laughs> ask, like, the final question is, like, leave, you know, leave something for our listeners. But I think you touched yeah, it right you there. definitely did. I mean, I, I feel like the entire podcast is, like, you up there in, in, the, in the preacher's robe just talking to the congregation. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to pass the collection plate around. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we appreciate you so much, Dr. Tiffany Stewart, the first doctor on Educate Us. So I don't think we could we couldn't you know, go yeah, without yeah, saying definitely. that. Like, I think the, the last question that we would have for you is if the people want to reach you or find out more about you, how can they do so? 
Uh, absolutely. So they can reach me or contact me, find out more about me on my website, www.tiffanystewartphd.com. Go ahead and grab that free workbook. Everybody should have a copy of that workbook, my LEAP workbook. And that's where you can find out more about me. And there's a contact information box there also. So if you want to contact me, complete the contact box and it shoots me an email and we can find out how I can further support it. Just that easy, right? Oh, Miss Tiffany Stewart, we appreciate you. Dr. Tiffany Stewart, I got to correct myself. See, doctor, I'm bowing. I'm bowing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we appreciate you being on the show. You've been a delight and thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's greatly appreciated. And there you have it, folks. Dr. Tiffany Stewart showing us how we can lead our lives to a more successful place. Emilio, what do you think, man? I mean, first doctor ever on the show i mean let's you know shout out snaps yes. snaps to the to snaps to that we appreciate it um it was amazing like you know just soothing voice i uh i just you know i i i was just in my head it's just like you know that lovable grandma not calling her old <laughs> or anything like that but more so like just the mentoring role aspect like you know she was she was she was big mama i i really felt like i learned so much from her and, and I can see why she's popular with her clients because you really do feel like she holds your hand and she takes you to whatever step you have to get taken and you know I we need more people like that we need more people that are about nurturing and mentoring and she's had great mentors and she's had a bad mentor that she said and you know it's, it's good to see that she's taken only the good stuff in her uh, success coach career journey. Yeah, man, and uh, she was talking a little bit about food for the soul, and I, I you know, my soul got fed during that interview, man. I, mm-hmm. I was really feeling it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, uh, yeah. It, like I said, it was definitely a, an amazing interview. I, I really feel like, you know, we gained a lot, listeners. I, I hope you gained something because she was just a treasure to have on, and we really are appreciative of her because you know she reached out to us. Not not the other way around. The doctor came to us. <laughs> so it, it feels great knowing that she came to us and and she delivered. It was amazing. And I'm I'm here for it. But nonetheless, it's time for your favorite part of the podcast. How you, yes, you, with the headphones through the car speakers, or maybe in some cases, hiding underneath your mama's bed, can reach us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Educate also can be reached through a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate a Hustle. That's all one word, Educate a Hustle. There we post snaps, little behind the scene video, little inspirational things to get you through the day. We are also on Instagram at Educated Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educated Hustle Podcast. There we have mainly photos to highlight how. We're helping you out through the week with new episodes, a little montages to get you pumped if you haven't heard the episode yet. We are also on Twitter at Educated Hustle underscore in between Educated Hustle. Educated underscore Hustle. Educated underscore Hustle. 
So there you can find tweets. You can interact with us. We are very active on it. That's one of the real quick ways if you want to really get in contact with us. So once again, on Twitter, educated underscore hustle. And I have to urge, if you have not already, if you like the show and you think we're doing amazing, great things, please, please, please leave a review to let the world know how great we're doing. Because when you leave reviews, you let everyone else get in on the edge get hustle and you know, i i think we're i think we're too good just to be a little secret so please share us bring awareness blog about us you know whatever way you want to do to help us out spread the word do it and let us know because you know we might we might give you a little something we might put you on the show for you know a little a little thank you time so please please spread the word now back to the <laughs> plugging you can also find us on facebook at educated Hustle, that's two words, Educate Hustle. You'll know you found the right page because it has the logo that you all love and know. And last, if you really want to let us know how we did, what we bring to you each and every week, then you can email us at educatedhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatedhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Woo! Man, I got lost in time, bro. Every time, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. I was. I was like, I'm not gonna say woo, and then you came in with yeah. something like, well. <laughs> I was like, you not done yet? I see. I was trying to change it up. So I got you. I got you. But you know, one more thing we gotta do, man. Lead us out. Oh my people, just follow Miss Tiffany Stewart's example and really go out there and do something. She had her life set up. Great paying job, great benefits. She was had a job for life, tenure, tenure. For people who don't realize it, professors and teachers, tenure is like you're in Nevada. It's like if you reach tenure, you have done what no one else, like people dream of doing. Like a professor, they get paid really well. But tenure, oh, that is just like you are making that salary for the rest of your life. We're talking about people who started teaching at like <sighs> 30, got to maybe 60, got tender, don't retire till like 80 something. Or So, you know, next time you see that old college professor and you're wondering why they're still teaching, I'll tell you why. Tender. Tenure. 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 I'm about to say that. I, bro. <laughs> yeah, not tender. Not tender. Tenure. <laughs> Sorry about that. Tenure. I got you. But that being said, she still went ahead and found her own path to success because you can have this great, great outside looking in life where people think you're doing amazing. But if you don't feel like you're doing amazing, you have to go out and find your amazing. So don't let people's expectations define you to a role. At the end of the day, you are your own conductor on this train road of thing called life. So utilize it well. And as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling.